Welcome to the Short Funk Podcast, I'm Tom Barbelay, and today, being stalked in Canberra, Australia. When I was a kid growing up in Australia, I was a single parent child from age about 11. And growing up in a single parent family, I started to realise that my place in the world was really very nihilistic. I was no longer really a devoted child, in fact I hadn't really been a devoted child even when my parents were married, But I realised basically that no one had my back. And there were a variety of predatory men, some of whom were arrested, some of whom were never arrested, that seemed to be in awfully close proximity to me. The first of these folk was a fellow called John Aitchison, who was the choir master for the Canberra Boys Choir through the late 1980s. He was a very curious character, Never really had any interest in me. I was pretty well six foot four at the time. My voice was just about to break. He was more interested in the littler boys, and they were the ones who were promoted through the choir. John Aitchison was the first person I knew in my immediate kind of child-adult relationships to be convicted of pedophilia, and he wasn't the last. And I started to realise, actually, because the boys he was interested in were from single-parent families, that there was a pattern of pedophiles actively going after kids who had slightly less parenting than those that were still in happily married families. My experience related to doing lighting, working on lighting into the evening in certain cases, and also associated with my work with antiviral software, which put me in the local university. There was a fellow who as it was stated repeatedly when I tried to give evidence in these circumstances, was not a pedophile because he was not interested in young boys. He was interested in teenage boys. But this fellow had a rather curious effect on my life. And certainly through a period of time that most adolescents are at least dealing with the flirtations or actively putting out the flirtations towards young women, I was dealing with this predatory man who was taking far too strong an interest in me. Years went along, Tom at university in his first year, and I discovered a fellow called Tim. I took philosophy classes. In fact, I took basically every philosophy class the university offered. I found myself in a philosophy lecture, 6pm Monday night, with a fellow not sitting next to me, but sitting one seat away from me. I looked over, smiled politely, and the fellow smiled back. At the end of the lecture, he said to me, You're Tom Barbela, aren't you? And I said, Yes, yes, I am. He said, You don't know me, but I know a lot of people who know you. And he proceeded to list a series of people who I didn't really know. Like, there was a person who I sat next to in a year nine maths class. There was a person who apparently had done some music with me when I was about 13. There were a wide variety of folk who really weren't like primary friends or even secondary friends. They were just incidental people that this fellow had kind of collected in a curious way. Finally, he mentioned the name of this gentleman who had taken an unsavoury interest in me a few years before. And I thought, gosh, well, I probably should go and have a coffee with this guy and have a bit of a talk to him. We went out to coffee. In fact, we didn't actually end up drinking coffee. We just drank the water that was on the table. And I realised that he was becoming kind of physically excited He was touching himself, he was a little, like, just uneasy. And he proceeded to tell me that he had been taking photographs of me for the previous two years. It was an unhealthy obsession, in fact. 
At the conclusion of the conversation, he said to me, do you think we can be friends? And I said to him, no, I'm sorry, Tim. I don't think we can be friends. I was living on campus at the time. I woke up the morning following and I proceeded to tell my friends associated with what had happened with me the evening before. There was some chuckling. There was some disbelief. As you might understand through listening to previous short funks, Tom likes to tell stories. Tom likes to tell particular stories. And this was a story that people found rather confusing, but nonetheless fitted into a category of bizarre Tom stories that occasionally involved legendary phone hackers Occasionally involved revolutionaries, militant revolutionaries that were cyber hippies. But this kind of fell into the category of these kind of stories. I didn't think much more of it. About a year later, I returned from spending time in Malaysia. My mother was a diplomat. And I got together with a group of friends. They'd organised a Tom's back, let's have a bit of a get-together meal at a local park. The park had a... I don't know if you'd call it a restaurant, I don't know if you'd call it a cafe, it was probably more like a sandwich bar that occasionally microwaved hot food, but we all ended up there. And I looked round the circle, and there were a bunch of people who I knew, and then there was this one guy. The people I knew, I'd gone to primary school with, I'd gone to high school with, I knew their names, some of them I'd been to their houses, some of them they'd been to my house, we were relatively good friends. And then there was this guy who was rubbing his body. And it was Tim. I went and talked to his girlfriend the next day. And by his insistence, Tim tagged along as well. He rolled his own cigarettes, smoked them, twitching uncontrollably, occasionally throwing the cigarettes onto the ground. And I said that I thought he needed mental help. That this thing that he was doing just wasn't good for either of us. And that he just needed to move on. I'd hoped that that was the last interaction that I would have with Tim. But a female friend contacted me a few months later. And she had met Tim. She came and saw me in tears and said that she thought that I was joking when I'd told her about this individual. But she'd spent time with him and he was seriously unhinged and clearly there was a problem. I didn't know what to do. I thought I'd basically been ignoring him. I'd seen him photographing me a couple of times. But I really wasn't that interested in having a drawn out discussion with this individual. A few months later, one of my closest friends approached me. He said he'd been at a party. In fact, he had a romantic interest with the girl who had been dating Tim, but now I guess had just put him aside. I'd heard from various people, as these whisper stories go, that Tim's interest in this girl came purely through when she talked about me. And it was all very curious and slightly perverse. But my friend's experience had been far more disturbed. He'd gone to a party that the girl had thrown, Tim had turned up, and Tim had basically focused his attention on my friend. This is the guy I went to Elance with. I know him very well. We're very close. Decades after knowing each other, he came and stayed with me for three weeks without any complaint. That's how close we know each other. He said that Tim had produced a photo of me, a photo in a cafeteria, probably the university cafeteria, and had proceeded to stab it with a blade in front of my friend talking about how he was going to kill me, how I had to die, how all these problems were caused by the fact that I had pushed him away. And this was a deep, mortal issue for him. I went to the police station. I considered putting a restraining order on this individual. And then something my father had said to me echoed in my head. And that was, if you don't pay attention to this individual, he can't hurt you. He can't interact with you. He's all air. There's nothing going on here. 
I walked away. Just before I was leaving Australia, I went to a market to buy some fresh fruit and vegetables, and I saw Tim, who was blind by this stage. He'd drunk some methylated spirits, apparently. He was being led around by his ex-girlfriend. I thought to myself, how's that? Even the lunatic that stalks me is still okay with women. Me, pathetically single. One footnote to this. I worked very briefly with an individual called Joe Berger. Exactly the same thing happened to him, except it was his girlfriend's ex-boyfriend. The ex-boyfriend had made various threats. Joe Berger had told his friends. The friends had laughed about it. Finally, Joe Berger was killed by this guy with a machete. Joe Berger walked the same route. I'd walked it with him on one occasion to his office. I knew where he worked. I'd walked the route previously. The fellow was waiting just before he got to his office, and he hacked him apart. When people are stalked, and when they tell people about being stalked, people need to pay attention to this. In my case, got me out of Australia for more than a decade. Funnily enough, when I went back to Australia, I went back to the same fruit market, I went back to the same park that had the stand that sold sandwiches. No more Tim was around. But people need to be very mindful that there are dangerous people out there, and I think stalking is very, very serious. Tom Barbelay in San Jose, signing out.